Time to bare my soul. <laughs> it could be, yeah. This is another version of our Boss Lady segment, and we're going to put you on the spot. Oh, yeah. So, by the way, welcome to Just Listed with Real Estate by Joe and Company here in Alexandria. I'm Amy Fox. And I'm Joanna Viesda with Real Estate by Joe, hardworking Minnesota Farm Girl. Now, you have hardworking Minnesota Farm Girl on NBC and on your billboards. You've got it on a lot of your marketing. It's what people kind of know you as. Mm-hmm. How did that come about as your tagline i'm assuming because it's true yeah (laughs) yeah it's true um i met with a marketing manager chuck metley i think is is medford medford i know who chuck medford is yeah yeah and he does a lot of branding and so he's like tell me your story which Mm -hmm. i've never told you my story Mm -hmm. so i just said i grew up on a dairy farm and I did. I do relate a lot of what I do in real estate to growing up on a dairy farm. There are so many scenarios that I can remember having where I was working alone or I just had to do what had to be done to get the job done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think so much of that is relatable in real estate. And I think that that's why I've become real estate by Joe and companies because we've done that. We go the extra mile. And one of the things I'll talk about in a later podcast is smell. And so we've purchased an ozone machine and we offer it to our clients for free to help deodorize their home. Mm -hmm. And the reality is it's because you have nose blindness. Like we don't smell our own smells, right? Right. And those are just things that I do to make the difference. And it's just like being a farm girl. It's like, okay, I could just make the fence. And I did that a lot, but it was like, okay, why don't I make the fence? So I don't have to redo this. Right. You know? Yep. Do the job well once instead of having to do it over and over again. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of been my motto in real estate is a work hard, B treat people well. And I always do. I treat my clients and I treat all, even if they're not under contract with me, I treat people Like I would want them to treat my parents or Mm -hmm. how I would treat my children. And I love working with older people because I I didn't grow up in a wealthy family at all. I grew up with, I have nine siblings in my family. I have eight siblings, there's nine of us. (laughs) I have five brothers. Where do you land? I'm third oldest. Okay. So I have an older brother and older sister. Okay. And I have five brothers and three sisters. My gosh. Yeah. That is nuts. It must be fun at the holidays. Um, well, sometimes too much. <laughs> yeah, there's such things. You too get much a fun. lot of personality. <laughs> I would imagine. I mean, I've known you. I haven't known you that long, but you've got a lot of personality. So mm-hmm. if the other people in your family have been handed a healthy dose, then yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. probably a little lively. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's great and it's good. And when we were kids, before we get picked up on the bus, we'd play kickball. Yeah. And it was awesome because we always had three teams or we had two teams, three of each. So it was like the two older. So my older sister, my older brother would split up. Then it was me and my younger brother. We'd split up. And then it was my two little brothers and they'd split up. So it was super even. You yeah. Know, that way. That's awesome. Yeah. So does your family still farm? Yep. Now my dad, instead of milking cows, which is what I had to do. They sold the cows the fall that I moved to college. And, and you're I, like, of course. Yes. I was like, for real? I have had blood, sweat, and tears into these <laughs> things. And now you're selling them? But now they do beef farming. Oh, okay. And they enjoy that more? Yeah, it's easier. Okay. You know, it's not so routine. And, that, and that's the other thing that's relatable to my job is when you have to milk cows, you have to be 
available. You have to be accountable and you, you have to be dependable. You can't just not milk the cows. Right. Yeah. That's why I've never wanted to be responsible for that. I know it would be a terrible thing for me. But um, my mom did the opposite thing. So she started a hobby farm after I moved out. And mm-hmm. I was like, what are you doing? We we were like suburbs people. We did oh. not have any of that. I said, what are you doing? She's like, well, I want I want to have raise my own beef. And I might get some goats. And they got chickens mm-hmm. for a little while. And I was like. Oh my gosh. She asked me to watch her house one time. They finally wanted to go on a trip for a weekend. Because like you said, you have animals you can't leave ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't ever ask me to do that again. That was so stressful. I did not like that at all. No, nope. I was like 19 and had never been around it. And all the chickens died. But she you didn't tell me. The they were. Chicken. No, I thought I did. But she didn't tell me that they were sick. Like they had been dying. There was some oh. kind of thing going on. And I go out to this little shed that they lived in and they're all like feet up in the air dead oh i'm like oh my god what did i do it's like no i i can't do this my my aunt loves having her farm and she does not do um cattle but she does goats and mm-hmm. all all those things and i was like yeah i'm not cut out for it and it's funny because i my dad had everything there were times my dad was a big coon hunter when I was kids, so he always gets like into things too much. Mm-hmm. And so we had like fifteen coon hounds for a while. <laughs> yeah, well, you have nine kids, so each dog, every, every kid has two dogs. You know, oh it's my not even, gosh, right? And it was like everything like that was in our life. So we had a lot of horses, and so now I have no animals at all. Here I grew up with. Like- I was going <laughs> to ask you because I've had my dog in here and. You know, it's fine, but you've never mentioned a pet. And I was like, you yeah. grew up with all those animals. You don't have any? We don't even have a hamster in my house. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm good. <laughs> I would have more kids before I would have did animals. Did I even tell you I just got a puppy? Yes, you showed me. Now, did you <laughs> see what I, you showed me? You were like, look what I did. I was like, oh, good for you. <laughs> He's been really sweet. He's been good. Puppies I can do. I, I don't want the other things going on. But I greatly appreciate people can do it. Because I think about like... Even my childhood was a lot harder than my kids' childhood, I feel like. So I look at them sitting around on summer vacation. Like, what was summer vacation like for you if you were on a dairy farm? Oh, gosh. Like, um, the, break down the day. Like, how did that go for you? Um, Get up at 5 in the morning, go outside and start milking cows, haul hay. And you, like, tried to beat the weather. Oh, you, yeah. all, you know, like hauled hay, fed cows, fed steers or whatever. But then there was always field work. So my summers, the memory I had the most about summers is making hay, baling hay. And we did the small square bales. So many things have gotten so commercialized. They're so much bigger now. But when I grew up, it was a family farm. And so you did small square bales. So they went and th- filled a hay basket. And my dad would dump the basket. And you'd have to unload all these bales of hay and I have a phobia of snakes. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes a snake would get stuck in the bale under the twine. And I remember folding the bale over, you know, and they were heavy. And there'd be a snake right there. And you're like, ah, you know, this girl is terrible. I hated it. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> and when I, we started bailing, I bailed my entire life. I was, there was times where when I was little, I was rolling the bale because I couldn't lift it to the conveyor. I had to roll it. Uh-huh. And then I got older and I could lift it. And yeah, I mean, it was I always hate because in the mornings, dad would bail at night too mm-hmm. before it got too tough. And then he dumped the load and he's like, oh, you can do it tomorrow morning. So it's like, great. 
So you like wake up to a pile of work. <laughs> You're like, it's five o'clock. Let's try to get this done before six. Yeah, I don't feel like people who don't grow up on a farm or with that mentality have any clue what that's like. I mean, my kids can just lay around and, and chill. Get up. And I'm like, hey, do you want to get up sometime today? Yeah. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Maybe wash some dishes. Oh, <laughs> why do I have to do everything? <laughs> um, You don't. Like, I haven't hardly asked you to do anything. That's like my... I, seeing we need a pet because my kids don't have anything to do. I try to give them chores and Trayton has... My son has to do the garbage and mm-hmm. my girls have to do the dishes and then I make them clean up their rooms and stuff and I think about it and I'm like, you're almost 12. Yeah. I was driving tractor, bailing hay, cutting hay, milking cows myself at that age. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, can you take the garbage out? (laughs) And I have a good kid. He's a great kid. It's just like, he's like, oh, not right now. I'm like, no, right now. It's hard. It's hard raising kids right now because, um, you know, I do think I have really good kids, too. And they'll do stuff if I ask them. But they just don't have that wherewithal of like, oh, if I see something on the floor, I should pick it up. And throw it away. Or I should clean up this mess. Even if my little brother did it, I could wipe the countertop so that everybody doesn't get their arm in syrup. Or what? you know what I mean? Like little things that you shouldn't have to be asked to do. Mm -hmm. You just kind of have the wherewithal. I mean, my oldest is going to be 17 next month. It's not like these are little kids anymore. I know. (laughs) You can clean up after yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, So we've had that issue lately. Just more like, okay, if you're going to have friends over, you guys are cleaning this up. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's just funny to watch the dynamic of which kids will and which will be like, oh, sorry. I, yeah, I got to get home. I hope my son never listens to this, but I make them clean up after they have friends over. But I hate that I tell him to do that because he just throws whatever he can in the toy bins. Mm-hmm. And I have to go through the toy bins because he literally throws his socks, his pants, mm-hmm. his shirt. And it's like, why are you doing that? You're the one picking it up. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want him to really pick it up. Right. Because it's like, I know what you're going to do, but <laughs> he needs to do it for responsibility. But it's like, I'm cringing when I'm like, go pick up the basement. All, and then he had, they had little boys. They, they were all, he had some friends over and they were all hanging out. And I was like, okay, I have to bring you home. So I called and I said, you guys need to pick up the house. Mm-hmm the yard, and the garage, because I know it's a tornado. So pick it up. And Trayton's like, okay. And I went down the day after, and I was like, oh, there's a pair of pants. There's some socks. Oh, uh-huh. I don't even think that that's my kids. Like, right. Yes, that's that's so typical. Be, but you have to teach them responsibility. And you do, and you have to find the time and the energy and the wherewithal to do it, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten to where, I, okay, girls, clean up the kitchen, and they'll do the dishes. They'll dry them they'll put them away everything looks good and then um my mom my mother-in-law came one time and she's like well why is this in this drawer and this in this drawer and i said listen i can either teach my kids to do the dishes and put them away and then realize not everything's going to get put exactly where i want it or i have to do it all myself because i just like i have to trust them to just do it and i'm not going to complain when they do it right and that's that having letting go like Mm -hmm. that's that parenting of like hey i just have to let them do their thing and i'm doing the driving thing with my nephew and my nanny right now where they're like start they're driving you know Mm -hmm. they have to drive with an adult and talk about getting yourself ready for life (laughs) yeah i know you went through it too i'm there i'm like sitting there and going oh you gotta slow down because i gotta turn here (laughs) the one like 
my nephew, tur- he like doesn't slow down and then like overturns and turns back. And I'm like, okay. And then the nanny, she's great. I mean, I think she's great. She like stomps on it though to stop. Yes. It's like, that's what my daughter does. And she's more worried about the music. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to turn everything off and not let you play anything if that's what you're worried about. You know, so it's not like she's picking up her phone, but she's like, play a better song than this. I'm like, why does it matter? We're going across town. Anyway, um, you do radio. Of course you should play a better song. <laughs> hey, hey now. Right? Yeah, right. Um, so I was going to say, don't you feel like if you grew up on a farm, though, you mentioned that like you're driving tractors. Driving is kind of like part of it. So, you know, it probably was a more natural extension of growing up. Oh, yeah. For you and your siblings than it is for today's mm-hmm. kids that aren't on a farm. I know. And I want to give my kids that opportunity. So I let them drive the car on my lap and stuff and not just not anywhere. But I want to get them a golf cart so they can mm-hmm. drive because we drove everything. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't anything. When I turned 15 and we got a farmer's permit, I'm like, big deal. Yeah. You know, I was driving trucks, driving tractors. I mean, I remember a time my uncle was scared to go across the lake because it just had froze over. It was like enough ice, supposedly, for a vehicle. And he's like, I'm not driving. I was like, I'll drive. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What was I doing? (laughs) (laughs) But you're like, oh, I'm 14. I'm going to drive, you know? Right, right. And, (laughs) oh, I get to go across the lake. That'll be fun. That's Mm -hmm. like fun driving. You can whip donuts. (laughs) (laughs) The hoopty. The donuts. That's the nice word Mm -hmm. to put it. Um, Any other things that, like, transfer from, like, your time growing up? Like, why why did you gravitate to something else? I think... Like, oh, like you obviously are taking like, yeah, you're obviously taking like lessons you learned and you have like good memories of it, but it just wasn't for you. Um, I don't know. I think that it could have been for me. I just didn't marry a farmer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the reality. I think you got to marry somebody that wants to do that. And right. It's it, an all encompassing life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I also think that I was one of the older ones of my family and my parents weren't ready to give up the farm and. I just think it just didn't, it just didn't happen, you know, mm-hmm. not that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a animal farmer. I'd be a grain farmer. Okay. Definitely. If I had a choice. Yeah. You you had enough of animals I'm, I'm gathering. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Like I am, you know, I even dogs, I'm even like, <laughs> I don't not like animals, but like my business partner, Casey, when we go somewhere and somebody has a dog and I know it's so good and it's like, oh yeah, but I'm like, sounds good. Nice Rover. Nice. Let's go. Like, get out of here. <laughs> I don't mean it in a mean way. I like, but it's just not my thing. Yeah. I just, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You don't have to be. I have, you're not kicking them. You're fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> abuse them. Like, cause I don't. So that's the other thing is I like, I can't stand it when people are mean to pets. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it when people starve animals like that just pisses me off. Right. Because I'm like, okay, if you're not going to take care of it, cause I had to spend my life, take care of it. Get like my dad would come in the house. Some of my memories were like banging on the stairway because we had a big old two story house. Get up. The cows are out. So you're like, Ugh. I mean, it's like four in the morning, nine, ten oh. o'clock. You go run in and there's cows out everywhere. And and the what you want to do is you want to shoot them all because you know? like, <laughs> you're so mad. You're like, really? But I just always learned that there was no point in being mean or cruel to animals. No, because, they're just being animals. Yeah, they didn't know any better. Right, right. So I don't hit them or anything, but I'm just like, I'm good. You go on your way. I'll go on mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
have your kids said that they want like a horse or oh. like anything like oh, that? Yeah. Begging. Begging. <laughs> Can we get a dog? And I'm like, oh, what kind of dog? And I'm like letting them get a dog. I just haven't like decided when. And I'm like, how are we going to play this? You know, because right. I don't want it to become my dog. I want it, it to will. I know. <laughs> so that's why I'm stalling because I'm like, at what point in my life I'm going to be ready for this dog? And I work long hours and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not fair to it. You know, I know, unless your kids are old enough that, yeah, you know, they're going to slough off some responsibilities. But you go literally, if you wanted a dog, you have to do this. You have to take it on a walk. You got to make sure it has food and water. And that's mm-hmm. like part of their daily routine i would be a rent a dog service like <laughs> i'll take a dog so that i can have it for a little bit and my kids get their cup filled and i'm done i don't mm-hmm. want to get an animal that literally just has to sit in the kennel all day i mean i it's different no, right right when you're on a farm they like can be out in the air and our dogs were never in kennels they were always out roaming around right right and that's the other difference it depends on the environment you're living in mm-hmm. um i just ordered a wireless fence thing for our dogs because we have a nice big yard in a really dog friendly neighborhood, but I still don't want to worry about them. If I let them outside to go run around and play and get some energy out, then I don't want to worry about them leaving Mm -hmm. and getting into trouble or getting hit by a car or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's tough with kids because they always, they always promise we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And Oh, my God. The first pile of dog poop on the floor. And I knew I was like, anybody else going to clean that up? (laughs) (gasps) Yuck. No. Oh, gross. Mm -hmm. We talked about this. Mm -hmm. Poop is part of having an animal. I know. So deal with it. I'll have more babies. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's a lot of poop involved in that, too. Just to let you know. But it makes it worth it. You can just smell them. And it's like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, it's fun. I I love that tag that you have hardworking Minnesota farm girl. I just think that it's so relatable and it's fun to hear what your background is because I knew you'd, you know, been around farming, but I didn't realize how involved it was in your life. Oh yeah. It's a huge part. And you know, I relate back to it as well in the sense of eating an elephant, you know, because it was like we had piles and piles of hay and that has taken me through my entire life is like waking up in the morning and seeing those. Sometimes my dad would get a little antsy and my dad, I have so much my dad in me and I know it now, but he would dump like three baskets of hay. And you want to talk about waking up and feeling like you're defeated, wake up and look at three like hay baskets of hay laid out for you to have to bring up in put on the conveyor i mean it looks like an endless job and mm-hmm. you got to beat the heat and they're full of dew and it's like i'm never gonna be able to do that and you just have to start so it's like eating an elephant one bite at a time it was putting the bales away one bale at a time mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. when you got done you're like oh and that's kind of how i take my whole life even working out it's like some of the workouts i do it's like I don't even read it because I don't want to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know how far it's going to go. I'm just going to do it step by step. Yeah. I do love that analogy. I hadn't even heard that till a couple of years ago. My husband said that it was, how do you eat an elephant? The one. answer is one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. And I had a, like almost a full on meltdown in my house last week just because it was just like, this is chaos. This is chaos. This is a mess. How am I ever going to get it all together? And I just had to like, my, my daughter was like, are you okay? No. It's like, <sighs> I will be. 
And then, yeah, then you just went, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 Mm -hmm. tackle it all. And that's exactly how I handle real estate, just like that. Because I meet with people and they're like, so our house isn't even ready or it's totally ready and they don't know where to go. It's exactly that. It's breaking it down like this is our plan. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to shoot for. And the reality is I don't ever try to get too derailed when it doesn't happen. And I tell people that like this is what our game plan is going to be. But if it's not perfect, guess what we're going to do? We're going to deal with it then because there's one thing I did learn growing up at the farm. It was if it prob- we can't project everything that's going to happen, but if it happens, we're going to deal with it right there, right now on the spot. Because if the baler breaks, we got to fix it. If the, you know, the wires down and the cows are getting out, we got to put the fence up. It was everything was like an immediate problem solution. Like I, you have to solve it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but the plan today is for it to be perfect, you know? Yeah. Right. But like you said, if your fence breaks or your baler, you know, breaks down, you can't go, well, I'll deal with that in a few days or next week. Like in order for your farm to keep functioning, you got to do it now. Like you said, right. Address the problem when it happens and just get it done. Right. And there's something I've been saying lately since COVID is like shifting. And I think that that's the reality of like people need to embrace the fact that you have to shift and you Mm -hmm. have to shift all the time. Nothing's perfect. Make a plan. And if it if it doesn't go as planned, which it will never, but at what whatever point it gets derailed, just know it didn't derail. It just changed paths. So you just shifted. Mm-hmm. You shifted over a lane. You shifted somewhere else. And it's like, okay, so instead of getting all the hay done today, guess what? We're going to fix the baler. Good. I got a break for a bit because mm-hmm. I was going to die if I had to do any more hay. <laughs> You know, you're honestly, when that would happen, we'd be like, really? It broke? And my dad would be like all up in arms. And we're like, so can we go to the lake? <laughs> and we load up all the black inner tubes and we'd put them in the van and just drive. And then he's like, yes, get out of yeah. here because you're just going to stress him out. Yep. Oh, he's- my God. I remember doing that ice fishing. Like my dad had a hand auger <gasps> and something, I don't know, something broke. Anyway, I was going to learn a whole lot of swear words. <laughs> And so my dad just gave my brother and I a shovel and was like, go ice skate. And we're like, yes. Yeah. Like we didn't want to fish anymore for a while anyway. We wanted to go ice skate. So it's like, yeah, get the kids out of there because I got to deal with this. I need adulting to say some, yeah, some choice words that will make me feel better. <laughs> I do believe they say swearing releases endorphins. I will have to tell you, I feel like it does. I don't do it in front of my kids and I don't try to, I don't do it in front of clients. But when I shut the door, sometimes I'm like, (gasps) I don't feel great about myself when it happens, but it does happen. I mean, like, and it doesn't even have to be an anchor. Sometimes I'm just telling a story and I just think it's funnier that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or sometimes it just, just happens. I'm not, I don't know. Mm It doesn't bother me unless somebody was saying it to my face, like telling me to buzz off in a really more colorful Mm -hmm. way. (laughs) Speaking of which, we should talk about that in another one. I had somebody say that to me, like, as they were getting off the phone about me. And it was like, it's one of those things where, you know, people turn around and it's like they say it under your breath so you can hear it, but didn't say it directly at you. I just said that About swearing? Oh, no, about calling me an effing B word. I was like, what? Whoa. I heard you. But yeah, we'll talk about that at a different time. I was like, because it was really hard on me. I had to move past it. I had to shift because <laughs> I was like, really? That was totally uncalled for. Um, I'm sure you have moved past, but but your face makes it look like you're still a little. Oh, I'm totally bitter about uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. I would be too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because we'll it was somebody I did a ton of favors for. And it's like, 
I even straight up called him right after that. And I was like, so by the way, when you're hanging up the phone, I heard what you called me. And she was like, uh, no, I didn't say that. I was like, okay, your hesitation also tells me you did. I said, I heard it. And I said, I have never, would never call you that. And I have, you did not warrant that you calling me that. I said, we have a difference in opinion. And this is part of what we talk about now is like people have different political views. Yes, and stuff. yes, yes. It was one of those things. She legitimately told me how I should have handled the situation. Like she was telling me, I don't, I don't agree that you handled it this way. And I said, that's fine. That's the way I chose to handle the situation. And she just like, well, I don't agree with that. I said, that's fine. I accept that you don't agree with the way I handled the situation, but it's not wrong. I said, we're all adults. I can talk to this adult. I wasn't talking bad about anybody. I said, I can have conversations with other adults about other adult things. You're telling me that I can't. Mm -hmm. I said, but I can. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I don't think you should have done that. I think you should come talk to me about it. I said, but I can talk to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it came down to like, she would not get off of the fact that she's like, I don't agree that you were talking to other people about this situation that I was like, but it's not your situation. It's my situation. And Mm -hmm. I can. Mm -hmm. You're just involved with it. So that is that is. Uh, a good way to put it though because um people it seems like they used to be able to agree to disagree right but now they're disagreeing and they're not dropping it and right. it's like what do you expect me to do at how how are we resolving it by me telling you that i now will do it your way that's not going to happen i have my way of handling it you have your way i'm trying to tell you let's move on yeah and i kept saying that i said we need to move on from this because i didn't And it's done. I said, I did it the way I wanted to do it because that's what made me the most comfortable because it was a it was a sensitive thing. Uh And so she's like, well, I don't agree with that. And I said, that's fine. You keep telling me that. But I said, I didn't handle it that way. So you need to accept that I didn't handle it the way you thought I should handle it. Mm -hmm. And let's move on. And it was like a raw stop to the conversation and she was like okay then and I'm like all right and then as she was hanging out the phone she's like what a dumb thing (gasps) b word yeah and she said it into the phone enough that I was like I legitimately think she was trying to like passively aggressively make sure I heard it Mm -hmm. and I don't think she thought I would call her and and I said I would never say that to you I would never call you that and I said I have been really good to you so I don't appreciate that it was not deserved so then you know she's like well whatever try to make it she's like I didn't call you that I called myself at whatever cover up then text me after that she said exactly what I heard but was calling herself it so oh, I'm like come that's... on oh yeah the second you said why do people do that I know cuz now you admitted it so first you were saying you didn't say that and then I didn't, you know, I didn't say mm-hmm. that. And then it's like you said exactly what I said I heard, but you called me. I was like, whatever. You could just say, you know what? Sometimes it's okay to just say, you know what? I was in wrong. I shouldn't have done that. That's what I was just going to say. Like, at what point do people just not go, you know what? I messed up. I'm sorry I said it. And even, I shouldn't have. Right. And even in my career in real estate, I can honestly recall times that I have gotten clients one client's over by saying, you know what? I messed up. Mm-hmm. I made a mistake. Yeah. I'm like, I did that wrong. Because guess what? We're human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lady hug me and she said she had employees and she's like, I cannot believe that you called me and said sorry for what happened, took accountability that one of your staff did this. And she's like, I had employees my entire life 
And I know what that's like. And she goes, that you totally won me over. But it's true. Make yourself vulnerable. Just mm-hmm. be like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Right. Just own it and mm-hmm. stop like making excuses or, I mean, everybody can see through them. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's had any experience can see through when you're, oh, I, I didn't say that. I was, I was talking to the dog. Yeah. No, no, you weren't. Blame the dog. After you kicked him. <laughs> Just kidding. Hardworking Minnesota farm girl. If people want to um, seek your advice, oh. Joe, on selling faster, buying, whatever they have going on in real estate, how should they find you? Online, www.realestatebyjoe.com. You can call our office or come visit. We're down by Big Ole and we have an office in Glenwood. Joanna Viezza with Real Estate by Joe. Hardworking Minnesota farm girl. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.